Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Disabled, I didn't have a language to talk about my speech impediment due to one, a misdiagnosis, and parents who couldn't accept that they had a disabled child. Um, also, I didn't see myself as disabled because disabled people, in my mind, were people in wheelchairs. Deaf people, blind people. I was none of those, so therefore I couldn't be disabled, I figured. But I knew I was different. I was treated as different by my classmates, teachers, potential friends, but then later potential dating partners, employers, etc. But I had no language to process this difference. I had a difficult relationship with God during this time. Uh, when I, I remember times growing up, especially in elementary school, crying at night to my mom, why would God do this to me? It was not until college that I came to see myself as disabled. I'm please never say this to a disabled person. Oh, I never thought of you as disabled. Um, because that's what my family has done all my life. <laughs> Um, so, uh, my freshman year, I was asked to help plan a series of events for Disability Awareness Month. Then, years later, during my last semester of seminary, I was in a class on the Christian body. But the class didn't cover disability. So I went looking to find books on how disability relate to the Christian body. It was through this I found Nancy Easley, The Disabled God, uh, published in 1994. Uh, the cover is uh, Word it said the disabled God to a liberatory theology of disability and that it has a funky mural um, <laughs> that I don't know how to describe. Um, I, I am describing all of the images I will show 
just in case we have uh, blind, uh, hard seeing people in uh, the audience here on live stream. Um, so, uh, in this book, Nancy Eastlin is drawing on the tradition of liberation theology that first appealed for Latin American theologians in the late 1960s. Uh, which centered on the concern of poor people. Uh, I wrote a book, wrote a groundbreaking book, Nazi centers on the perspective of disabled people. I write vehemently against the pervade notion that disabilities are signs of sinful behavior. Sadly, this Notion is still widespread in certain sections of Christianity today. Nancy Govodo do state that not only is it not science as sinful behavior, but we worship a disabled God, pointing to the resurrected Christ as bearing the wounds of the state execution he suffered as a weapon, as a evidence. And I almost uh, uh, put in a picture of Thomas like poking at Jesus' wounds, but it is really gruesome, so I'm saving you all of that. It, Way too early for that going. Um, I it, faintly it isn't my favorite painting, but um, someone needs to paint a updated version. Yeah. Um, his body was perfect while still bearing the wounds of the resurrection. It helped me greatly in feeling more connected to my body and to God. My disabilities should not hinder my relationship with God. Instead, it strengthens the relationship. I finally saw myself as belonging within the body of God. There is an important concept for today, as we are talking about the sacrament of communion, the sacred embodiment of Jesus' love for us, it reminds us that God is with us and reminds that we are not alone in our faith. Communion represents not only a covenant we make with God, but also with each other. Ideally, we aren't alone when we have a faith community. Community requires a community, but oftentimes this isn't the case in our hyper-individualistic society. But we need to remember this. Communion requires 
community to happen. Much like Matthew 18, 20, when Jesus reminds us that Jesus is with us when two or three are gathered in his name. Some of you may have been raised in tradition that practice the sacrament of communion, while others may not. Say, so I grew up a Quaker, a faith tradition that generally doesn't practice the outward sacraments as just as communion or baptism. I didn't grow up with these. Only Quakers believe that the outward sacrament had become a boat and meaningless. So instead, they believed in the inward sacrament, a baptism by fire and the Holy Communion when people gathered. Because of that, I have been hesitant at times about sacraments. But over time, I, I found a appreciation for the prize of communion in the last decade or so. Through my ecumenical experiences, like attending a Presbyterian seminary, I attending different churches that celebrates the outward sacraments. Through these experiences, I have witnessed the power that the sacrament can have in congregational settings. The outward communion reminds us that we are we as Christians do not exist as just individuals, but as communities of prizes. Each time we gather together, how are we challenged to go? How are we called to love our neighbors as a community? It is important to remember again in the time of hyper-individualism, we cannot pretend that we are building the the kingdom here on earth, if we aren't working together. None of us will be the personal savers of the world. It is a team effort because we are facing a uphill conflict that is determined to grind us down. We need each other in the effort of bringing, of building the kingdom here on earth. At a time when Christianity is becoming synonymous with naturalism, racism, transphobia, and just plain hate, it is time to be a witness against and say that the disabled God is a loving, forgiving entity, not a bitch for old white man. 
Just as Tyler said in his sermon to begin the series, the Bible is too liberating for me to just let it be colonized. Yes, instead of abandoning the disabled Christ to the forces of hate, let's reclaim this body of Christ that liberates, the Christ that doesn't abandon us, the Christ that loves us as we arrive to worship, no matter what. The Christ that is with us when we share our sacred witnessing. Talk about a community that shows how we can be vulnerable and honest. Life is hard. There is the work of the communion, being the body of Christ, even when we feel like we don't fit in. There is what it means to be a community of faith instead of a, go- instead of a congregation of strangers. Going back to Eastling image of the disabled God, it also disrupts our world and work. Random consumerism doesn't want us to feel comfortable in our bodies. Especially people who don't look like models or a GQ. There are messages everywhere about how we are not skinny enough, pretty enough, smart enough, strong enough. We are in a culture that is still heavily influenced by poor culture by the 90s. Thankfully, we have blockbusters like the recent Barbie movie for our youth and young adults today, but that culture that is still alive today tells our those that, that our bodies are set for, especially focusing on the bodies of women. We have to save ourselves for marriage or we will be disobeying God. Today I am seeing some liberal people of faith calling for the nonsense to be re-established, saying we need to introduce sexual ethics in that study and people are. But they say you will ethics that boil down to the same no sex before marriage BS. And knowing the data that says I should be education and not helpful in any way. They know that for some disabled people, getting married means losing crucial benefits if they get married. For example, disabled people could lose their supplemental security income if they get married. And every time I bring this up, they never respond online. 
Yet the same people who are urging for this never mention it we should career potential couples on how they are loving their neighbors. God forbid we actually follow Jesus' message rather than a body and such semi-ethic that is not grounded in any good sense of ethics. This notion of the disabled God upended awful measure of purity by proclaiming that we possess perfect imperfect bodies that God created in God's image. I am so passionate about upending purity culture because this culture told me in multiple ways that no one desires a disabled body. I can be a pen. I can be your inspirational poem. But definitely not someone's romantic partner because of my flawed body. Only through a miracle could I be redeemed by a version-esque trope that I would be loved like uh, a scene from a Nicholas Spark novel. But I ended up falling in love in college with the stereotypical version that Sparks writes about. The romance was fleeting because of the purity culture she was forced into by her parents not trusting that a feeling might be truer than a much up theology that shame rather than liberates. For use afterwards have bought lots, feeling like no one else would ever desire me romantically. Even though my parents know my church, Top purity culture, the corrupt theology pervaded my world and the destruction of my own sense of world and being. I felt that I didn't have anything to offer a partner, that they would have to take pity on me to love me. But this will all be us. I don't use uh, a learning the heart for theology and encountering the disabled God. I alone do love myself in a way that I never knew I could. Purity culture is not a teaching from God about love, <coughs> but a human system of control that shame bodies of all types especially disabled people. <coughs> the theology doesn't enhance our communion with God. And that, in this vein, uh, unknown harmful rhetoric, I want to challenge you all that week to think about the language you use. <coughs> Uh, like B 
Blind spark, blind to bark of crazy cripple by Depth to raw on depth, eels, lame, net, psycho. <coughs> there are a lot more. I don't want to be the world police, but when I said other words, just now, we never say any of them in positive ways. Oh, you are just a great guy. You are so lame. Yeah, dude. Um, um, uh, but when, uh, so in our common voc vocab, we did gen generate the disabled community each and every day. By becoming aware of our vocabulary, I hope you will be able to see how society and even you might view disabled people as less than rather than poor humans. Like, I will be honest, at times it does suck having a disability, but living in a ableistic society makes it way harder to feel fully human. There is just another way to build a fully accessible kingdom of God. When we enter into the into communion with the disabled God, we are reminded that we are perfect in our imperfection. Our bodies are made and functions just as God intended. So, so as we leave here today, let's go vote and love our perfect and perfect bodies today. Thank you all.